and welcome to today's episode. Today I have another Neville Goddard lecture. I will be reading If Any Two Agree, and this is an undated lecture, and it is part one of two. Neville tells his audience, Concerning the law, I can only acquaint you with the law and leave you to your choice and its risk. But we have scripture for it, to tell it, regardless of what they do with the law. In the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew, you read these words. If any two of you agree on earth about any request that you must make, that request will be granted by my heavenly Father. Matthew 18:19. Find two who agree, and that request will be granted. Well, can you conceive of something greater? If two agree on earth concerning any request, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be this, that, or the other. But any request that you must make, that request will be granted by my Heavenly Father. Here we are told the greatest secret in the world concerning the human imagination. We are told that with God all things are possible. Then we are told all things are possible to him who believes. So he equates God with the human imagination, that God is the human imagination, and all things are possible to the human imagination. Now, a friend of mine called me today, and I tell you this story that you may see. It's entirely up to you. I'm quite sure that she was perfectly innocent in the wonderful work that she did. She has exercised this talent of hers, which she has learned, as you have, from this platform, and she has done a remarkable job in the world of Caesar in dollars and cents, but one has to learn something outside of this and govern everything by love. Everything must be governed by love. Everything must be governed by love. She was quite concerned and really quite disturbed. She said, Neville, what have I done? Have I done something that is wrong? A neighbor of mine, a male neighbor, asked me if I would play back his record for him. Now, let me explain to you what she means by this. She, was a very, she has a very keen ear. If you speak to her, make a sentence, and then you stop, she can hear you as distinctly as anyone could ever hear you. If you put it on a record, what she is hearing is just as accurate as that recorded record. So she wants you to make a statement in a positive manner, like the great professor who said, I have a lavish, steady, dependable income consistent with integrity and mutual benefit. This he said long before he had a nickel, and he persuaded himself of the reality of what he was hearing. So she wants you to put it into a positive statement just like that. But tell me what you want. While the neighbor wanted to be free of a disturbing element in the neighborhood, which was also a neighbor, a couple with three children. So she heard him distinctly say that he was free of this disturbance, that they were gone. Her ability to hear distinctly is so keen and wonderful that she heard him affirm what he had affirmed. In a matter of days, the parents were killed on the highway, leaving three children, two little ones, and a demented boy in his early teens. So she wondered, what did I do? I tried to persuade her you did nothing that was wrong. You simply exercised a principle. The lad who asked of you, 
did you ask him anything concerning his motive behind it at all? Well, she didn't ask that. But I say, whatever you do, do it in love. She is completely exonerated as far as I am concerned. She simply applied the principle. So I tell you, I acquaint you with the principle and leave you to your choice and its risk. She is fantastic in hearing what she wants to hear in the world of Caesar. But may I tell you, you can go beyond that and take it into the world of promise. If someone can say to you, I have a lavish, steady, dependable income, consistent with integrity and mutual benefit, and your ear is so sensitive that you can hear exactly what the other one says, there are two witnesses now. If two agree on earth about any request that they might make, that request will be granted by my Heavenly Father. Well now, that's a request. It doesn't limit it there. Could I say to you, I have had the experience? I have had the experience of which he speaks, the experience of the resurrection and the birth from above, the experience of the discovery of the fatherhood of God, the experience of the ascent into the heavenly sphere. And can you hear with me that? Because what I said before was as much a lie based upon this level as the other. And so I am telling you now of another level. Can you find agreement on this level? Where I will tell you, as I have told you on this level, that my neighbors are gone, and now I am free of that disturbance. And you heard it with me. You heard my voice. You listened to my voice. And then, having heard my voice distinctly, you now, in my absence, you hear my voice actually state what you heard it state physically. And here are two agreeing. You heard the voice, and now you have heard this. Now can you go into another level and have someone who really sincerely desires to have the spiritual experience of their promise, as that lad wanted to be free of a disturbing neighbor? So the parents are dead. They've been killed in some freeway accident. Now you may say, did she do it? No, she didn't do it. She had only heard, may I tell you, we are one body. There's only one spirit, only one Lord, only one God and Father of all. All things by a law divine, in one another's being mingle. Shelley from Love's Philosophy We are only one, so if these two parents are now gone from the world, leaving behind little children, two little tots in their swing, they're totally unaware that their parents are gone. And the other one, the early teens, he's a little bit demented and he's not quite aware of what has happened. So I say to you, I am telling you of a principle, a law that cannot fail. You don't have to do anything on the outside, and you don't even need another one. You can say to yourself and then listen. The two could be within yourself. It need not be someone as sensitive as she is to the human voice. She has been trained that way. She was in the telephone business for quite a while as a head of her department on long-distance calls, and she knew voice after voice. And she could actually register that voice. So she knew these voices. Before you can even announce who you are, she knew who you were because she knew the voice. She has been so, so trained to hear sound, and so you come to her. She asks you simply, 
stated in a bold, positive manner what you have, which is really what you hope to have. I hope to have it. Don't state it as hope. State it as a fact because we are living in an imaginal world. This world is one's own imagination pushed out. The whole vast world is all imagination. That all these so called objective realities were simply first imagined, and then they became what you and I call realities. So, all things possible to him who believes, and with God all things are possible. Therefore, the human imagination is equated with God, and the human imagination are one, or God and the human imagination are one. Now, tonight she is faced with this. I tried to persuade her today that she didn't do a thing that was wrong. You're telling a principle, you're exercising a law, but not until man is incorporated into the body of love will he actually be able to exercise this power where he can stop time and then start time. Because what horrors he would do in the world. Their two parents are gone. All right, so they are gone. They go all the time anyway, but here a little man who wanted freedom from the disturbance of what he called a disturbing neighbor, three little children playing all the time, and it disturbed him, so he didn't want that. She didn't ask reasons beyond, she simply got his request, which was perfectly all right, perfectly normal, because she is a delightful, lovely lady, a lady who would not for one moment hurt anyone. But her whole interest has been on the world of Caesar, getting security, dollars, and cents. The promise does not interest her. As far as I am concerned, it has not interested her. I can't see any interest in the promise when I talk to her, but I can see a great interest in the law. And she has discovered the law, and she works it beautifully. There is another friend of mine back in the East, and the promise means nothing to her. But the law does, and she has made millions, but millions. When you own buildings on 57th Street between 5th and 6th, you are in the money. When you have businesses all over the world, you are in big business, and that's her business. And she started with no or with not one penny in this world when she first heard me. But she believed what I told her. She believed that imagining creates reality, as I am telling you now it does. It does create reality. So here, treat it, may I tell you, and I plead with you, treat it lovingly. If someone asks of you this night to hear good news for them, certainly hear it. But try to find out something behind the reason why they are asking it of you, that you may do it in a loving way. That whole family could have been removed without the destruction of the parents. It could have been removed in a thousand little ways but it was removed in that manner. So I tell you, your own wonderful human imagination is the only cause of the phenomena of life. There's no other power. That is God spoken of in scripture. That is the only God, your own wonderful human imagination. Okay, so I'm going to end part one of Neville Goddard's lecture. Any, If any two agree. Uh, I will end it here, and I will see you guys in the next episode for part two. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time.